0: What the heck's your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 fighters with the assassin keyword? I'm your co-host Dave and with me as always I have my insidious sneaky co-host Phil. How are you doing Phil? (laughs) I'm doing well. Yeah.
1: Insidious and sneaky. That's right. That's
0: because we're down in the nether maze and that's the context right now. We're recording on the 20th of April um, which is just three days before uh, nether maze and exile dead and rivals of uh, harrow deep go up for pre-order um and uh we have received preview copies so uh that's a thanks to G-Dub, Uh and that's given us a chance to kind of take a look over this and get some content ready for uh for release day so um there is going to be a Total downpour of new releases and uh, hopefully a downpour of new content from all the different yeah. creators who are, are dropping stuff at the time. So um, that is the state we are in. Um, give me the give me the super broad strokes, Phil. We're going to get into it in a little more detail. Uh this, this episode is just our our first impressions of Nether Maze. Um, yeah. We, we uh, had a chance to play right out of the box head to head. But uh, give me your overall First impression of the Nether Maze release here, and then we'll we'll go through some
1: of our usuals. Yeah, I think it is one of the more thematic releases that they've ever done, which feels really cool. Uh, you, you get the sense that they really wanted to sort of have the feeling of sort of the gloom and the darkness of the Nether Maze be the sort of focal point of this box, and I think they executed fairly well there. Um, I do... I do think that this is a slightly more uh, involved box than some of the other core boxes. It's not as uh, vanilla, I guess is a good way to describe it. So mm-hmm. um, whether that's good or bad, I guess we'll sort of see, but um, overall I think it, it does a good job of sort of giving you two war bands that play well out of the box, uh, have lots of tricks um, and give, uh, more veteran players, a lot of depth. Yeah, I I'd
0: agree with that. I, um, I would say not only did it feel thematic to the setting, but the war bands themselves felt very thematic and we'll get more into that, but, uh, it felt like here's the thing these war bands want to do and you are rewarding for the things that it seems like they should want to do. Um, uh, and so, yeah, uh, I was pretty impressed with that. Um, but, uh, more in a second, we'll, uh, bang through our usual spots, uh, community shout outs, anyone you want to shout out there, Phil.
1: Uh, I just just at the moment, uh, I haven't really listened or read any new content, but I know given how much is going to be coming out in the next few days and how much people are going to be uh, working to get card images and articles and whatnot put up. I, I appreciate all of you for doing everything that you're doing, and especially people who are working on like deck builders and updating uh images online so that everybody has a chance to read through these cards before they uh purchase a box is you're doing you're doing the lord's work here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's it's a good stuff um and uh, maybe down the line we may get to a point where we are able to blog some of those, but uh, it just feels like such a repetition of effort that uh, we'd rather we'd rather put our energy into some other things, um, which we're going to bring you today. So, um, for me, I uh, did listen. Uh, the The fellows from Battle Mallet are back in the mix. Um, they've just released a couple episodes recently. Uh, the most recent one, though, being a review of the Maze Breachers. Um, rivals deck, and that is a release that it came out in White Dwarf, so no new cards, but just a assembly of existing universals into another Rivals deck. Yeah, and they kind of break it down, uh, highlights uh, what they like about it, who they think it would be good with, and really uh, nests in nicely with their Rivals series, where they went uh, warband by warband through um, through some of the recent uh, seasons of what they thought made for good. Uh, rivals, like if you're picking things up uh, Basically reviewing Warbands from a Rivals perspective So uh, we we actually talked about taking a look at that Maze Breachers Because we didn't know, as of our last recording We did not know that uh, we'd be doing this new stuff already So yeah. um, <laughs> the chance that we'll get back around to that is relatively low uh, we not Never say never, but uh, it's out there already Somebody's already done it, and they've done it really well So go check yeah. out uh, go check out Battle Mallet
1: um phil yeah this is going on with you well besides having to try and review three new releases (laughs) in a few days uh continuing to look at what we want to do for champions sort of going forward i've been working on some stuff with the lizards again uh just sort of remembering why i love them so much uh actually just played them as rivals the last time that we had our um our local league and and did a really good job with just their rivals deck which surprised me because i remembered their rivals deck as being bad (laughs) for some reason um and then uh preparing for our tournament we're gonna be hosting a tournament on may 1st um doing rivals plus and may first
0: Moxmania, if you are hearing this and you are anywhere in the Midwest uh, within driving range of Madison, Wisconsin, come see us. Uh, If you listen to us on the day of release, it'll be one week plus one day. Uh, We're looking at 11 a.m. to like 4, 4 4.30 p.m. And we are looking to be as beginner friendly as possible. So if you got somebody that you could convince to come play uh, that either uh, has never played but has been thinking about it or played back in Shadespire and has been wanting to dip back in, we're we're going to have war bands for people who show up that, uh, want to try it out, but uh, don't have a war band in hand. And we, we're, uh, this is a recruiting beginner friendly event. Uh, and we already have, uh, like four, four or five out of towners and, um, and a bunch of in towners, three, three or four out of towners and a bunch of in towners. Uh, so we're, uh, we're pretty stoked at, uh, what it looks like it's going to be. So we'll have some, uh, door prizes as well. Uh, and those will also be, um, new player oriented, uh, things that will help out a new player. So if, uh, if you win it and you're a veteran player, uh, you may, we may give you something to help you recruit. So like an essentials pack or something like that, where, uh, you, you have something to hand somebody who's just getting into the game. That's, that's what we want to do. Grow this game. That's our target. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you? What's, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, I was an assembling fool. So we got, (laughs) uh, and this is tough cause we got the, the package arrived like moments before I left the house last week. Uh, you know, a few days ago, uh, when I was heading out for our weekly league night and I was like, Oh my God, here it is. Uh, <laughs> it everything I could do to not like try to open it like at the red lights on the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, wanted to uh, get it assembled so that you and I could play, uh, we played a rivals match with, uh, with the box. Um, but that required assembling the figures and, all that sort of thing, but w- we got to do that. Um, and that was kind of the, the primary focus of my hobby. I was hoping to do a little bit more, uh, but, uh, real life kind of intervened. I got a sick kid. I had a plumbing disaster. So, um, but, uh, but at least we got some done. So enough yeah. to bring you this episode, uh, which is our impressions of that, uh, Nether Maze box set, the, uh, Eshin versus, uh, Shade, Shadeborn. Um, uh, so, yeah yeah uh let's get into it what do you say sure yeah i think we should all right so main topic we got the box breakdown here so here's the the uh essential box there's a lot of things that are going to be familiar to me people playing this for a long time if you're not uh this is going to have everything you need to be able to play you plus one more person uh everything you need to you know play that initial game and then grow it a little bit from there uh, because there is the same number of universals as there were in the Harrow deep. So it's a pretty healthy uh, dose of universals and grand alliance cards in there. Um, a lot to digest. So a lot of deck building options when you're ready to hit that spot. Uh, there's all the tokens, all the boards. Uh, there are dice. The dice changed colors, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this? I thought it was great. Um, I mean, the, the, s- very simple just white and black starter dice has always been just sort of it's like yep it's solid it makes sense like this is this is what i would expect but uh using the color palette of the season definitely feels more thematic and i thought it was really cool they did like a a purple for the magic dice which i think (laughs) is actually a really great choice The, the light blue never quite did it for me but i yeah very much enjoy these uh purple ones
0: the only thing i'll say is that the different colors threw me a little bit so there was more than once where i definitely picked up <laughs> nice to like all right i'm I'm gonna make an yeah, attack roll yeah, yeah. like those are channels that is not going to help us out in this situation yeah so um, something to yeah. be said for that simple white black <laughs> it's like right yep. but uh, i'm a fan it was cool uh like yeah. and we've already talked about this this felt uh kind of immersed in its setting and that was part of it there. Um, Very much. I'll talk to the models as the, as the person who assembled them. Uh, yeah. they're incredible, right? Like, uh, we, we both got to see them, got to play with them. Uh, the movement, the dynamic nature of the poses and everything was, was pretty impressive. Um, the only caveat I'll give is that they are potentially real fragile. There were a couple, uh, breaks on the sprue for me, uh, which I was able to repair without too much yeah. difficulty. Uh, and I would say if you are, if you are, you know, listening to this as you are assembling your miniatures, which I imagine, uh, more than a few might be doing, uh, if you're doing, so they, they are push fit, you know, as, as advertised, they don't require glue. I still glue them anyway. If you're, if you're doing that push, uh, just make sure everything's lined up. And if, if, uh, a firm press doesn't seem to be closing the, you know, pushing the two pieces together, uh, take another look. Cause you're probably not lined up right. Every, every time they pushed together, and I had it lined up correctly. It was r- pretty smooth. Uh, so if it feels like you got to push hard, you're you're not lined up right, and uh, take another look. Uh, but the uh, the weapons, the limbs, the capes, all that stuff. There's a lot of like spindly, fragile things which look amazing. But if you end up pushing on the wrong piece and pushing too hard, you're gonna you're gonna snap yeah. or bend something. So um, it's uh, take your time with it. Uh, and, and you won't be, you won't be disappointed. They're, they're super awesome and they deserve,
1: they deserve a little of your time to come, come together nicely. So what would you say? Some of the most dynamic poses we've ever gotten?
0: Yeah. I mean, you got skaven dashing along walls. You got one leaping and dropping smoke bombs. You have, you know, swirling shadow capes going all over the place. They're, they're pretty spectacular. Like for for a game where i've been consistently happy and impressed with the miniature range like this is this is you know uh, something again above like another this is they're at the top of their game making these ones in
1: my opinion i Um, i i definitely agree i mean like if if the models are gonna be the thing that gets you into the game because it catches your attention like these ones do the job because (laughs) they are very impressive
0: absolutely we did uh we did play the two warbands together we're going to get into that in a second i tried to go line by line through the rulebook um i we probably deserve we probably owe a little bit uh down the line with some of the background uh oh yeah the, the very yeah. short is that the nether maze is below harrowdeep so harrowdeep itself is uh a realm not a not a full-blown realm but like a a region that exists below uh a a spot where some outcast Idaneth had been uh, sent and they, they took in some members, some uh, witch elves that were fleeing Marathi. Uh, They built their outcast enclave uh, inadvertently above Harrow deep. Uh, They go into Harrow deep uh, and then below Harrow deep, there's Nether maze. And the, the tempting thing for the, these outcast Idaneth is that there's these voices calling them saying like, there's a way to, no Longer be outcast to you know, no longer, and that's that's a problem for Idneth in general is is mm. um, you know, kind of escaping the outside world. And this is this, these voices are promising more than that. Um, but those happen to be uh, as far as we can tell, shadow demons. Uh, <laughs> they,
1: the, yeah, seems uh, fine,
0: yeah, from the uh, uh, Orb Duplicitus, uh, the the shadow mm-hmm. one of the moons of mm-hmm. um Ulgu. And uh, it's not great. Uh, You can get all the way through the maze. And if you do, uh, there is some undefined terrible cost with escaping uh, the (laughs) nether maze if you make it all the way through. Uh, Canonically, for for those interested, there is one of the short stories, one of the little blurbs has um, Iron Soul, uh, as of Iron Soul's condemners, their leader makes it out uh, she comes stumbling through. She thinks she's died. She, she thinks she's, you know, suffered her final death, uh, but then realizes that she's out in the sunshine. She's like, oh, I made it. But there's like whispering in her head and she looks down and even in the light of Hish's sun, she's not casting a shadow. So, yeah, uh,
1: I don't know what the bigger implications
0: uh, are for, for uh, AOS. But
1: yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting one. I mean, the story is compelling. It's a little strange that it seems that, the fighters aren't cursed anymore or at least right. not the same way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some more details about that because right now it feels un- undefined.
0: Yeah. Well, what you're referring to is that uh, Nagash in the greater age of Sigmar storyline was defeated slash killed slash probably not dead forever. Um, yeah. But that uh, broke the power of his curse. And so the shade glass curse, there is shade glass all over Harrow deep, um, the, the shattering of Nagash's power scattered it far and wide. And so there is a uh, shade glass present throughout Harrow deep, but the curse is apparently broken. Um, if you're wondering why your fighters keep fighting again and again, well, it's probably the illusions, the maddening impossible yeah. geometries of Harrow deep in the nether maze. Um, so, um, yeah, the setting is super creepy, super, uh, like unsettling in an eldritch horror sort of way, and that's pretty mm-hmm. great too. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I got on that because I was saying I, I tried to read the uh, the rule book uh, <laughs> line for line all the way through, and I was trying to find any uh, any changes, and I could only come up with two besides the the background. I could only come up with two changes, and these are as follows: uh, there is a term that is now defined that is large fighters. Large fighters are fighters that have five or more wounds and it doesn't seem to say like start with five or more. So you can, you could start at one category and become a large fighter by, you know, putting a great fortitude on, you know, Garrick or something like that. And all of a sudden Garrick is a large fighter. Uh, large fighters are worth two glory bounty, uh, mm-hmm. that existed at the six wound threshold in Harrow Deep and now exists at the five wound threshold.
1: So. What's your take on that film? Uh, I think that's going to end up being a bigger deal than we probably realized. Um, So to me, it feels like they're continuing to try and find that balance point of how do we have these thematically large fighters like ogres and trolls without them being oppressive because they're so hard to kill. Sure. Um, Obviously, by moving this down, it suggests that they didn't think that having the 2 glory bounty on 6 wound fighters was enough. Yep. Um but I think since we often see plus 1 wounds going on 4 wound fighters that it suddenly means that the calculus for those upgrades has to be uh reconsidered pretty heavily because 2 glory is a big swing. Mm. Um So that's I think why I th- I suspect it will be a bigger deal than we're probably realizing because I think the there's sort of cascading effects there that are hard to sort of wrap your mind around without playing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I expect that that will come into play quite a bit. I think it's a good change, though. What do you think? I think it's good. I mean, I, uh,
0: at its core, if you look at you know what it takes to kill, I don't know, Turosh versus what it takes to kill uh hard skull like it's so much <laughs> so much more work to kill art school and it's kind of silly that it costs it gives you the same reward for killing the one versus the other now yeah. there's like on board rewards like if you drop art school you've dropped a third of the warband you know and um if you drop Turash, the eyes and eye player probably was like i wasn't using that guy anyway like doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah. uh um so there's some of those factors, and uh, but I mean, I think the difference between two and one glory on a single fighter, you know, in many games, it won't matter in some games it will. Um, but I, I think it's fair. I, I'm excited to see it. And uh, I like, it's going to put some pressures on deck building. If you have a lot of four wound fighters, like, well, do I want to take things that bump them to five? Uh, yeah. If I'm playing, I don't know, if I reach back to something like, uh, uh, privateers or whatever uh profiteers i should say um the they have a i think it's called magma draft which is a uh one-time use uh, upgrade that reacts and reduces damage by one Um, so it's effectively plus one wound with some corner case differences
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: but there you can effectively get another wound without actually increasing your wounds characteristic one so um you know those warbands that have access to that sort of upgrade maybe more interested in that to, to get to kind of a stealth five wounds without giving up extra bounty or. Yeah. Or, so,
1: yeah. And I, and I, that's the sort of thing that I was thinking of is it's yeah. like, it's going to cause people to re reevaluate even their most basic assumptions about how they want to build decks, which yeah, I, I think is good. I, I yeah. like we've seen over the last, what three seasons, I guess where, you know, people are just, it's like, well, I've got this <laughs> fighter who starts at five wounds and I'll pump yeah. them up to eight. And then it's like, well, yeah. can I even kill this fighter? <laughs> sure. Well, a- a- an example to that is like, there are some decks
0: that really want to stack upgrades uh, that increase wounds. And I'm not familiar with all those. Uh, I, or I mean, I-, I am, but like not in an instant because sometimes I'll be like, well, why in the heck do these people have silent armor in this war band? Like that doesn't say, <laughs> I don't even remember what silent armor does. I look and I'm like, I mean, that's not great. Oh, two silent relics plus one boot. Okay. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like you, you get there eventually. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you're maybe all in or don't care about it, you know? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Uh, not super dramatic, but meaningful is what I'd say. Um, Definitely, especially if your crushes, yeah, all yeah, three I of your guys are giving up too. Feels like crushes get hit pretty hard with this. Yeah. um All right. Well, and the only other significant thing is I noticed, and this is relatively hard to find. I imagine they'll make some announcement about it. But uh the if you have knockback on your attack, you are able to drive back guard. And I think this is actually not in the knockback rule; it's in the guard rule that says guard uh they say oh, man. can't be driven back unless the attacker had the knockback rule, like. Oh, Hmm. um, yeah, and and what I I like this right like knockback has for a very long time been pretty underrated, and I mean not underrated; it's been correctly rated low. You might say, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, some people would say it was underrated through some of Beastgrave because the ability to knockback too, with the prevalence of lethals, meant that you could often drop somebody into a lethal unexpectedly with that. So knockback was in some cases a stealth plus one damage. Uh, but once lethals disappeared, uh, kind of needs something else to make it relevant again. And and I think being able to drive back somebody on knock, uh, somebody on guard is, is actually a really good one. It's an interesting development, right? Because the Mm -hmm. origin of guard was, it did not have a drive back restriction. It was just, uh, increased your defense to both shields and dodge. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to see both those rules like, well, let's make guard more relevant. Like, oh, wow, no dryback is actually really, really good. Um, and so you can make knockback better by taking away that really, really good benefit of guard.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think there's potentially a few different things to do with this now. Um, and I think that positioning is pretty important in the game right now so the ability to drive people around sort of readjust the board state is probably pretty good um but it still has the caveat of the fighter has to survive for knockback to ever take effect so um sometimes it's probably just better to kill them rather than to worry (laughs) about driving them around but you know we'll see
0: yeah
1: um It's always a change that I had hoped that they would do for knockback is that like, it gives you some additional push, even if you don't hurt the fighter, but, uh, that's, that's wishful thinking. I don't think that's ever going to change. Well, I mean, (laughs) it has right here because as,
0: as I read it, if you, if you have knockback and you tie on the attack defense role, you'll be able to drive back the, um, sure. If if they're on guard. guard. Yeah. Yeah. guard. Yeah. So something, something. Yep um but that's it uh and honestly i'm i'm kind of relieved i think there's i think there were a lot of changes with harrow deep like still kind of settling in with the delve uh cover sort of thing and i'm happy to give it a little more room to breathe uh it'd be be a shame if we went six months and done with it so uh let's let it
1: ride and see see what we can do so i hope uh, that that continues that like they realize that Doing a full year cycle for core rules is probably the right choice, but then still having these new six month releases uh, is probably a good way to get product to people. Yeah. Well, and while we're
0: on that topic, uh, I'll give a tip of the hat to Skylar, who is the one who uh, made this concept kind of familiar to me. He, we, we were talking about um, the the advantages of having a, uh, a rotation schedule, having these six month seasons. Um, And here's the deal. Like if you are rotating and we don't know at the time of recording, we don't know what rotation is going to be. So we, you know, might come that you're listening to this and you just found out that, uh, what would be dire chasm has rotated or you might find (laughs) out that dire chasm is with us for a while longer. Yeah. Um, But if they can get into this situation of, uh, six month boxes, then you basically have four sets of cards, four sets of universals, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, until now we've been on two and when one would rotate, when you're at the very beginning of a new season, like when you hit the very beginning of dire chasm and, uh, night vault has just rotated out, your card pool just got cut in half. Your universal card pool just got decimated and it's real tough building. Um, and also whatever war bands are at the end of that season, they only have a short while before the next season arrives. They have a relatively short time to operate with a full set of universals. If you are going with four half year seasons, then at any one time, you only drop in three quarters of the universal pool. Uh, and that keeps it more sort of steady state sort of thing. Uh, and I kind of like that idea. Um, uh, I, I like it not being, I like, change like losing losing one quarter your cards and regaining one quarter your cards at the same time that's a big flux it's uh it's better than i think than wiping out a huge portion of it and then scrabbling for scraps in the meantime
1: i agree i think um what we've seen a lot of the early days of harrow deep has been um, sub suboptimal um yeah like this this has been an especially we've talked about it before we don't need to go through the whole reasoning now again but like you know there's there's some hidden restrictions in the actual card pool to make it even smaller than it would be and so it's like man we're like really picking through uh the scraps to try and build you know interesting decks and and largely what that means is that you get a lot of decks that look similar and and you don't really want that you'd like the diversity um, which is, you know, hopefully what, what this can do, but like we said, we don't actually know what's going to happen yet. We could, <laughs> yeah. we could end up losing all of dire Chasm and be in an incredibly strange world for a little while, but sure. we'll see. Yep. Uh, but I, I, if that's the,
0: if that's one of the reasons for what they're doing, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that about covers the, the, the big picture stuff uh, we're going to talk universals at some point. I don't think it's going to be today. I think we're going to run a little short on time. Yeah. Um, but uh, suffice to say my impression of the most recent universals means there's a lot of benefit to uh, standing on cover and there's mm-hmm. a lot of penalties to standing on cover. And that's going to be an interesting
1: back and forth that we'll talk more about. Yeah. And I think um, so obviously we get to two more boards. Uh, So I guess four sides. Yep. 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 um, All of which have a lethal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that stood out to me is that they added a lethal on all the boards, which we did not see before. Um, And I I kind of wonder if they realized that like they pulled back from lethals too much. It was like it just completely disappeared from the game. Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to know like. Is that going to be a theme going forward or are we going to try and have lethals show up in most boards just so that it's at least present yeah um, but overall they seem like pretty good boards fairly balanced I, which i like I, I i think they've had a number of situations where the boards end up being very like skewed to one play style and these ones feel more like middle of the road for everybody
0: right uh, all right. Well, we are going to give first impressions of the two warbands it released with this. And these impressions are based off of a game having played with the rivals' decks against each other. Uh, I took over Slithail, Shade Stalkers, Shadowborn, Shadeborn. Uh, and you had, dun dun dun. <laughs> what are those dudes called?
1: Yeah, it's Slink, uh, Skittershank, um, claw yeah. pack skitter shanks claw pack claw right? pack yeah i was the like clan. i don't actually know what they're
0: <laughs>
1: yeah claw uh, pack sure <laughs>
0: yeah uh and basically i i assembled assemble them and then kind of pitch it to you like what do, what do you want to run you picked the you pick the uh claw
1: pack what what made you jump that way um so so like i said i felt like these um two war bands really seemed to lean into their um theme and so for folks who aren't aware the eshen group of rats are the uh, sort of lore faction that these guys are from and those particular skaven are all supposed to be these very like mercenary backstabbing assassin types um and so the the theme here is that that's what they want to do they have you know like basically that contract out to assassinate leaders. And so their whole war band is designed around this concept of like, you're going to kill the enemy leader, which has been a thing from the very early days of Shadespire, where it's right. like every single faction had their end phase. If a leader was killed in the previous round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I felt like it, there was the a universal that, where, you know, assassination yeah. and, and, and it, it was just always like, this isn't very good. Like why <laughs> the timing is
0: just so hard,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, one, it was almost always the hardest fighter to kill. And then two, like, the fact that they made it so it was like in this round, it's like, oh, well, right. if you just draw it in the wrong round, then you can't you yeah. can score it. So either, either can't kill the guy or you already killed him. Yeah, know? right. So I just really wanted to see, A, did they actually execute on the the mission that they set out for and then be, I, I thought that they just seemed like they'd be fun out of the box because it's like, yeah, we're just going to go chop stuff up, which is always right. kind of fun. Right. Uh, you had the uh, shade, sh- shade, shade born. I keep wanting to say yeah. shadow born. I,
0: uh, I mean, I've, I'm poisoning the well here by having actually said that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the shade born. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll admit I did not pay as much attention as I wish I had when this faction released for Warcry. Um but uh you have a bunch of canine shadow stalkers, so like uh shadow oriented uh devotees of Marathi, the witch mm-hmm. queen, new goddess. Um and what little I knew about these before we started playing was that they had the ability to like teleport between cover hexes slash, uh, have a lot of movement tricks. And that was really exciting for me. I really like that kind of, uh, tricky movement play. So yeah, um, I was excited to try them out, even though as a general rule, I'm not super stoked about, uh, elves, but, um, yeah i was i was in on these guys so uh i've been happy to play either but i was i was glad you snapped up the rats because i wanted <laughs> to check these ones out cool um let's uh for for folks who are who are sitting there opening their box or waiting for it to arrive after they pre-ordered or no gosh i'm wrong i, I talked about people this uh this 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 is going to come out uh this is coming out uh, on pre-order day, so <laughs> yeah, I talked yeah. about people like listening as it's they assembled. Along. It still might be the case if they're they're not listening right away, but uh, I should say if you're eagerly awaiting and trying to decide <laughs> what which uh, which faction is going to be the one you jump for, uh, let's give you a, let's give a quick rundown. So um, sure. we're uh, since we're already talking about the the uh, Shadeborn a little bit, uh, I'll go for it here. Um, these are the ones I ran. You have four fighters. Uh the leader, Slothale is got uh four health, is the uninspired stat line, four health, four move, two dodge, with a range two, two smash, two damage weapon. Uh and that weapon has the ability malleable, which we've not seen before. Malleable, uh when you declare your attack action, you get to decide whether you have cleave or ensnare. Uh that is pretty rad. Um (laughs) So, pretty, pretty mean when you're
1: <laughs> in rivals,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty accurate. And then Slothale has an ability, Shadow Ambush, which is, uh, I'd say faction defining, yeah, yeah. Um, and Slothale is the only one who has it uninspired, everyone else inspires and then gains this ability. Uh, but Slothale, when this fighter starts a charge action in a cover or hex that is not a starting hex, you can resolve the move of that charge action by placing the fighter in another cover or edge hex. Uh, so this is crazy. You can teleport like no one is safe. If you are in a cover, uh, if you're in a cover or edge hex, that is not a starting hex. Um, Yeah. I I think they must've figured it was like too instantly, potentially lethal. If you let them be in a starting hex, because people just start on the edge of the board and then teleport, um, all over. I, I get that uh and so this is it doesn't feel busted it feels real powerful though um
1: yeah yeah uh and i think it's worth noting um she also f- has the fly keyword yeah i just totally i don't think icon. it was at all relevant in our game but it uh it's totally it's totally a thing <laughs> yeah. so i mean i guess just as a reminder to folks um they they have codified a number of things in just images now instead of using words. And yep. so remember to check those because sometimes sure. it's very easy to just be like, oh, yeah, that yeah. wing symbol is on there. That means that they can fly. Well, it's like if we go back to the uh, to the pirate ogre, right? Like uh,
0: Black Powder is monkey is not a beast, which means he can get yeah. weapon upgrade. So. It, right. it's easy stuff to overlook uh the other fighters here you've got Velissa and drusilla who are the two sort of uh, i almost almost them lieutenants they start on an unfortunate uh one dodge three health real uh vulnerable yeah, um scary they got a defensive bonus of uh shadow mark, which is you can reroll one dice in this fighter's defense roll If the fighters in a cover hex, so man, that's important because it gives you an extra face of the dice. If you, if you are out in the open, you're on one dodge. If you're in cover, you're effectively on a one block re-rollable, which is yeah. much better. Yeah. Uh, Val- Valissa is a, uh, has a combo setup. So three fury, one damage on the first, and then two smash one damage on the second. um, <clears throat> What that's significant for is like one damage upgrade for her uh, is effectively like a plus two potential damage in a round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drusilla is range two, which is nice. Two range, three fury, two damage. Uh, Drusilla inspires to three damage, which is pretty significant. Um, they both inspire to have two dodge and then they lose their reroll. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but they gain the cool charge ability. And then you have Psy- Psylark Greyblood. Uh, canonically he is the lowest ranking um, in the knight shadow stalkers thing i think the in the matriarchal society of marathis uh i don't know uh marathis new goddom. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah you right? got there yeah the the dudes are on the bottom end uh Psylark is like your utility piece right so he's got he's got a fine up close attack to smash two damage he's got a Uh, hand crossbow for three range, three fury, one damage. Um, And then he also has a spell action for just a channel. If cast, choose one enemy fighter with no wound counters within four hexes of the caster and or in a cover hex. So if they're in a cover hex, your range is unlimited. You still got to see him because it's a spell. Uh, But uh, you can see all the way across the board and smoke somebody for a damage, which is important because all these fighters (laughs) inspire if they make an attack action that targets an enemy fighter with one or more wound counters, um, which is a real interesting inspire condition. Um, Uh, very in the quote unquote one shot meta wanting to set up something where you have somebody who's wounded before you go after him again
1: is a very, very different tack to take. So, yeah, very, um, I mean, I don't, not, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I mean, even just looking at Psylark, it's kind of like ping damage is probably going to be something that's very important for this war band. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, we haven't seen a lot of ping damage, probably not since beast grave, right? So
0: it's been a hot minute since we saw much of it. Um, yeah. but it's here now. Uh, these guys have it. Some of the universals in, uh, exiled dead and this set, uh, involve some ping damage um whether it be from spells or from uh just straight up gambits so uh i think uh i think that's a how important you find the inspire is gonna feed into um feed into your deck building a lot and it's going to get you to those kills you know because uh like drusilla getting a chance to inspire like it's it's all it it's a weird puzzle to put together, and I I found myself doing it on the fly, even with just the rivals deck. So, yeah, um, that is that is the core of those those fighters. Uh, thematically, this is a warband that uh, cares about attacking somebody who's already wounded, um, and that ping damage that Silarch has, I really like that because it's it's very powerful. But it has a very big downside, which is they have to be unwounded, right? So this is this mm-hmm. is the one who's setting up the inspire for other people. Um, and if you think about like that that handbow thing, you know, so say somebody's three away, you've got a three fury one damage shot at them. That is not as likely as your sixty seven percent, your two thirds chance for the uh, dark lamprey spell action to go off. So. My first instinct was like, oh, there's only a two and three chance for this to go off. I'm like, well, that's actually pretty accurate when you put it up against like a handbow. Yeah. So, yeah, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so they care about that. Uh, their cards really care about or some some of their infaction objectives really care about people being vulnerable, uh, which is to say uh, fighters are down to just their last wound. So either they'll get bonuses to hit or they'll um, score some of their objectives off of uh, leaving somebody vulnerable or standing next to somebody who's vulnerable at the end of the round or killing somebody who's vulnerable. Um, that's a very counterintuitive mechanic for me. Cause like your, your, your instinct is to finish people off. And that happened to me in our game where I, I got, uh, one of your minions, one of your little guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I chipped the damage off him. He's vulnerable. I have these things that'll score off of killing him but why don't I just kill him? You know, like that, that takes one of Phil's activations off the board. Uh, and I think it ended up being the wrong move, uh, all told, although it's, it's, you know, easier to say that in retrospect, but, uh, they care a lot about that. And then obviously they care a ton about being in or attacking into, uh, cover hexes. Like they, Yes. Thrive off of those. Um, and that is, that is the core of what they do. They can do all kinds of cool tricks. They have ways to create shadow tokens on themselves. Um, for folks who have seen the previews, you'll have seen, um, the, uh, we're going to say ruthless aim, which has a reaction to give her a, a shadow counter those counters clear. So what they do is they give you during the action phase, the ability to be in cover, which is powerful for a number of reasons. Um, some of your tricks some of your defensive stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, but they don't stay through to the end phase so they're not going to help you score things like fearless seekers or something like that so that's a it's a significant difference but uh, I, I feel like that is the overall theme of these do you have anything to add to the to these
1: guys as far as that goes I don't think so I mean like it really does seem like what they want you to do is to stand in cover hurt like punish other people for being in cover and slowly chip away at your opponents um and i i i'm a little confused about the vulnerable thing too Mm, um like i know they probably wanted to be able to push that mechanic but like on the whole i don't know that in a championship format it actually makes a lot of sense i think leaving anybody alive is putting yourself at pretty great risk yeah um so we'll see uh can definitely be surprised um th- i guess the reward just has to be l- large enough right yeah now. so
0: yeah yeah i had one round where uh, it, again it was the round that i decided to kill one of your little guys instead of leave him vulnerable uh so i did not score a, a an objective that would said is there a vulnerable fighter hmm. uh, which in retrospect like the kill is worth one glory leaving him alive is worth one glory uh, and then knowing what I drew into, which was kill somebody who was vulnerable for a surge and uh, <laughs> finish the round next to somebody who's vulnerable for two, I, I went into a, a one round where I was like, wow, everything I have cares about somebody vulnerable. That's
1: uh, going to be a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I suppose that's also part of just knowing the decks when you just yeah. pull everything out of the box and play. It's like, oh, actually, yeah. these sort of subvert your expectations a little bit. And,
0: yeah. Yeah uh so what we want to do here because we're just doing first impressions we just wanted to give each of us give a favorite card uh favorite objective favorite gambit and favorite upgrade from from uh, each faction so uh phil you played against them what and uh, as usual i'll give the caveat when we say favorite here we just we're saying a card that we want to talk about it might yeah. not be that the most powerful it might not be the best but it's a, it's a card <laughs> we think is cool so uh, sure you
1: any category you want throw throw one at me Um, I'll start with an objective uh, since that's where I like to start thinking about warbands. Sure. I don't know how good this is, but I I think it has the potential to be good. Uh, So this is all is shadow. Um, So this is a duel. It's a third end phase. Uh, You score this if you have two or more friendly fighters that are each in cover hexes or edge hexes. uh, And no friendly fighters are in your territory. So um essentially this is a conquest uh with an additional caveat but it scores for three um is it conquest or is it denial uh it should be conquest because it's okay. no friendly fighters are in your territory so no, you'd have denial. to have all your fighters oh, friendly fighters yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah yeah so you can yeah. get them into so you have oh, all your fighters all right. in enemy territory yep. in edge hexes or cover hexes and then you can score for three sure um i think the the Potential here being third end phase for three is that you could have just two. Um, and that makes it sort of an easy score. The, Of course, as you mentioned, <laughs> you don't exactly have the like toughest fighters in the world, though. So it might be very difficult to actually get there. Um, but if you can just leave two alive, that's three glory. And that's a pretty big swing. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say in our game, I, I I ended up drawing into it early and ditching it. Uh, but I definitely read it as a denial equivalent. So, um, yeah. I you know there's a lot to to process when
1: you're going yeah yeah the yeah. First
0: time. Uh, I thought for me, I thought maybe they're most powerful one uh is coiling darkness and this is also an end phase it's a two glory and uh as a duel all you have to do is have two or more friendly fighters are in cover hexes and one of those fighters made an attack action in this round i mean that is just like do what you want to do get extra glory for having done it
1: very very good uh probably an auto include I would assume <laughs> it, I mean, it seems like if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? So, yeah. 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 I mean, if you decided not to play cover, I guess at <laughs> all, which yeah, sure. Uh, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. I should have included this in the, um, in the playstyle. but they are all assassins. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That is, uh, that is very significant. Um, obviously they, uh, it opens up a whole lot of cards any card that refers to assassin has all of a sudden got a ton of redundancy with them
1: so yeah. that's cool there there's not a ton of them i did go and look up to see okay what does care about being an assassin right now um yeah. it's just a handful of things so far but you know we're going to we're going to probably see more of it yeah
0: i mean but even even the small cases like there's a there's one in cold blood which is uh, a surge for one kill Kill somebody if you are not wounded or kill somebody if you're an assassin that's actually a pretty good surge like okay did i kill somebody with an attack action i'm going to score the surge like there's there's very few caveats on that that's pretty powerful so yeah solid um all right objectives uh throw me a
1: gambit or an upgrade what do you got sure um so gambits i like vanish into gloom Mm.
0: um
1: so this is one of you choose a friendly fighter with no charge tokens and then you get to place the chosen fighter in an empty cover hex so specifically having to teleport into a, a cover hex um and then you give them a charge token uh if The chosen fighter was in a cover hex when you chose them, though, you only give them a move token tasty. Yeah. Uh, so board wide teleporting, you could very easily set up this teleport in the, um, you know, when, when you're placing boards and, and deciding where you want to place cover hexes, you, you could sort of set things up to be like, okay, I need to have these teleport pads. Um, so I'm going to make sure I have one in an advantageous position. And then you I mean, like pull this off from cover to cover, like during your opponent's power step. And yep. then suddenly you're just in position to like poke for two damage or shoot for one. And uh, man, I don't know. this That feels very strong to me. Um, and I'm sure it will catch people out. Uh, because yeah. all of a sudden, the uh, whole board state shifts.
0: What I love about it is that it, the only person that can't use it is somebody with a charge token. So yep. if you, uh, you can move a fighter into like my first activation, I guess go step into a cover hex. And now that fighter is available to get, they'll get a second move, but mm, who mm-hmm. cares? They yeah. can get dropped somewhere. Uh, and that gives, that just gives an option. And so if you see me move somebody into cover hex right off the gate, you're like, okay, well, now I got to worry about every single one of my cover hexes as, as being somewhere that, uh, yeah. that one of these fighters could teleport to. I, I think I did not actually get to draw this card in our game. Uh, it was one of my bottom four or five. Uh, but uh, I, I think there's
1: huge potential for like real cool plays that you could pull off with this. Very, very high sort of level card here, I think. Yeah. How about you? Uh, any Any gambit that really stood out to you? So obviously uh, in the same
0: vein as that is smoke and mirrors. Uh, most people have seen this. It was on the Warhammer communities um, preview uh, where you uh, swap two fighters. As long as one was in a cover hex, there are so many cool things you can do that uh, <laughs> ridiculous. In, in ours. I charged uh, Drusilla, the range two fighter. Uh, I think I scored a kill. I killed one of your little guys with some other. Sh- oh no. I killed someone bigger, some extra shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Then I used this then and, swap uh drusilla who is not yet inspired or whatever to further back to a safer spot and then brought my leader up who is also ranged to and then is there with the ability to freshly charge you know so yeah um there's just a ton of potential with that as long as you got two fighters it's going to be cool
1: yeah and just remembering from how it felt when you did it it was like after you charged i was kind of thinking okay well now that fighter is there and i know i can start to like set up some stuff with that fighter and then all of a sudden you're like and they're gonna go all the way to the back <laughs> of the board and then i'm gonna have this fighter without any move tokens come up to the front and it's like oh boy uh <laughs> let's recalibrate here really quick because all yeah. of a sudden i've got an, a fresh fighter ready to go right up yeah. front
0: um and this warman has got a bunch of real strong gambits i think there's there's uh there's one that I also I know I know I already talked about the one, but there's one more I want to talk about. This is Shade Stalker darts. Uh, nice. There is a uh, card, yes. improvised blow. I believe it is with uh, uh, with the not Castigator with um, Iron Souls Condemners, which mm-hmm. lets somebody make a range one three fury one damage headbutt, basically. Yeah, really uh, bad. <laughs> this is that. I mean you say bad, but like one extra attack. And if you've got upgrades on yeah. like great strength or whatever, then it, it, uh, it's almost like this potentially more than ping here. This is range three, three fury, one damage. It has to be used with Drusilla or Valissa. Um, so it's, it's a one-time attack action that happens in the power step. Uh, it's a ping. That's not guaranteed to go off, but here's why it's real significant. Like you, it has so many uses like you, uh, you use this and you do the last damage to somebody, which is what I did. I finished off one of your, yep. one of your big scaven with this, not your, not your boss, but, um, mentioned throat art, but I also was weighing some other options. I was like, well, I could use this, uh, to chip somebody else so that they are then available to be, uh, and to you know, if I can peel one wound off somebody somewhere else, then I can set up the inspire. Uh what this was actually able to do is I'd already made a successful attack. I'd attacked that fighter who was trapped. Uh and then this was like basically you can almost think of this as an inspiration card. So like, hey, is there somebody who's already wounded? Uh you this will inspire Drusilla or Velissa just by playing it. Because you're going to make an attack. They're already wounded. You're inspired. Boom. Done. Yeah. Um and you may get the extra bonus of damage. Like I I really like the design of this card because it's really powerful, really flexible, and then limiting it to just these two fighters is a really good call. Uh, And that, that uh, makes it not busted, but like really good. So yeah. Yeah. Kind of card I'm excited about existing.
1: Very much. So I'd like to see more stuff like that. I, So I said that the one for iron souls, it's like, oh, that's bad. The reason I said it was bad is because it's a range one. You have to already be adjacent to an opponent. And usually when you're doing that, it's because you ran up to somebody and smashed them from a charge. Yep. Uh, And hopefully when you're doing that, you're killing them.
0: Um, We're killing them or driving them back, right? Or driving. Yeah. You you don't want to get counterattacked. So like if you want to use that card, it means that you had to leave them adjacent to you. to be able to make that improvised blow this one you can charge attack drive him back and then
1: still throw a knife at him yeah or even just like be standing somewhere on a cover x and throw a knife and it's like oh man i didn't see that coming at all yeah and i think having it be ranged is is really going to make this be an annoying card (laughs) because it's going to (laughs) come out of nowhere and all of a sudden just ruin your day like oh you you've got you know a plus dice thing if you're in cover and you've yeah. got you know plus you know you've got Do you glory have fighters seeker. ferocity or glory seeker like yeah. oh my god like, like this is super dangerous yeah. <laughs> so yeah i i really like the card i definitely got caught out by it really badly in our game and <laughs> yeah. i was like oh no you can make an extra attack <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh so i yeah i think that one will probably be an auto include as well yeah
0: uh hit me with an upgrade what uh, yeah. what upgrades in this faction did you like uh
1: there's a few but the one that I chose is rapid fire um, mm. this yeah, is good. so good. it's it's a little iffy just because it's restricted to silark only but yeah. um, this is one that we've seen used before but it, it's sometimes restricted to once per turn so mm-hmm. this is a reaction after this fighter's activation in which they made their ranged attack in his case it's this repeater handbow attack action. Um, and then it just says you can make it again and conveniently, and I think correctly in this case, they did not put the restriction to say, you can only do this once per round because yeah. like, it's not an amazing attack. And so this upgrade makes it really worthwhile. Cause then every time you activate him to shoot, you're shooting twice.
0: Um, and not just shooting twice, uh, shooting twice at your choice of targets. So you can shoot yeah. at one, then shoot at the other. So, yep. um, yeah a lot of potential with this you can you can lay damage on several fighters to set up inspires for everybody else uh if you manage to hit with your first one you can inspire yourself by just attacking that person again like yep. man yeah a lot yeah.
1: of a lot of options here it's it's sort of a swiss army knife kind of an upgrade but yep. having it be restricted to only one fighter it's not going to be an auto include i don't think i think people yeah. will be really like torn about whether they want this um and i like that that's a design space that's like hey we've got this cool strong effect but you know you may not actually play it
0: 100 percent. this is what you want on a fighter restricted card is a powerful effect that will you'll get burned by if that fighter has died like yep. I, I love it um yeah yeah real good How about um you? Yeah, uh, I picked one. It was called Voidling. This is a mm-hmm. denizen card. We haven't Fun. seen anything that specifically interacts with the denizen keyword, but it is out there. It's on such famous cards as Shadowkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one uh, says single supports are successes for attacks that target a fighter adjacent to or in cover. Uh, and single supports are successful in defense if this fighter is in or adjacent to cover. Um, oh. I think this would be... <laughs> I think this would be the heat. Uh, if it just like you would think about taking it, if it only had the defensive bump, but, uh, because it also yeah. has the offensive bump, I think it's real great. Um, uh, and being in or adjacent, that's, that's a lot of the board. Like, it
1: uh, a ton of yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. And we're, we're like, we're entering the realm of like, all right, are people going to start delving to, you know, get shadow off of here? I think they will against this war if you can. Yeah. Um, and that's that's powerful in and of itself so um yeah i thought this was a real fun card i got it on my leader and i was set to really kind of rampage through most of your warband um and was was on my way towards doing that until <laughs> until i did yeah
1: Samuel's <laughs> <It, so, laughs> I mean, really scary uh yeah. i will say and and like that that card is very similar to um what, what was it called back in Shadespire? That's a uh, uh, helpful, helpful whispers. whispers. Oh, got there both at the same time. Yeah, right, that cool. that card uh, a little better, I guess, on the offense because it was just you always counted single supports uh, as long as you weren't already supported. I think. Yeah, uh, um, I think you had to not have anyone next to you. I don't. Know, doesn't yeah, matter either way. Does yeah. Ancient but history. Point point is that's that's a good card. Uh, we yeah. were using that a lot. Th- it's basically that. Yeah, more most cases, plus you also have a defensive bonus. It's like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) yeah, yes, (laughs) please. Didn't probably need that, but uh, (laughs) I'll definitely take it. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of situations where this warband gets into spots where it's like, hey, I'm on guard in cover with you know a support, I'm now counting every single face of the defense die as a success, so you're going to need to either out crit me or just out just like sheer number of successes to be able to yeah. hit. And that, that could become uh, an interesting like way that they gain some survivability despite having fairly low wounds to start and fairly low uh, defense dice to start.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that's as deep as we're going to get on that war right now. I, I thought they were a ton of fun to play. Uh, I got to pull off some real cool movement shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, I was also getting like a little fancier than needed. I was like getting ready <laughs> to do that shadow ambush. I'm like, oh, I'm going to appear in this shadow. I was like, well, that's literally two hexes away. I could just move there normally, but like, but I yeah. did it, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, but I was lining up against your claw pack. Um, yeah. You want to give me a rundown of
1: those fighters? Yes, sir. Um, so there, it's five fighters. You've got, the three larger sort of more veteran rats and then you've got the two up and coming rats and they they uh convenient well uh let's see entertainingly i guess will be the word uh they tie the sort of story of these guys together very nicely where you've got these three assassins who are like veterans and well respected and then the two little guys who are like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna outdo you and then the boss is just like oh you're both useless <laughs> real, um, real uh Turash and um yeah Narvia Narvia vibes
0: <laughs> going on here
1: yeah. yeah um so so the leader here we've got slink skitter shank so they all start with five move which is oof crazy <laughs> uh super super fast um he starts on two dodge with four wounds so he is as hard to deal with as just about any fighter that we've seen in the game on their uninspired side um which is pretty crazy and then uh, his attack action is range one three fury for two damage but it has grievous so he's you know a a decent amount of the time going to be three damage uh leader to start which is pretty scary yeah. um and he has the marked for death rule which is shared with the other assassin in the war band um so this this is an effect that only applies when you're targeting leaders but you get to reroll one of your attack dice in this fighter's attack action um when you're trying to kill leaders that feels like a really nice thing to have um mm. i think there's going to be some situations where that one extra reroll is probably what gets you uh over the hump to get a successful hit. And that successful hit will likely get you that kill. Yeah. And I think uh, they did a nice job here with giving them fury and a reroll plus Grievous rather than just doing like straight three damage. It feels appropriate for the fighters. Um, Mm. It's like you can go fish for the crits and you know, if you get it, you're probably hitting and then you're probably doing more damage. But if you don't get it, um you know your 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 attack is not actually amazing you know it's just yeah. this basic it,
0: uh, it makes every attack feel pretty scary on the other side i will say because i was like well i'm about to die <laughs> like here and you know you you uh killed poor Velissa before she ever stepped out of her starting hex yeah uh,
1: yeah but uh, uh i was able to push right next to her and start smashing her face so yeah. it, it felt felt pretty nasty um having the ability to just grievous for three right out the gate yeah um so inspired he doesn't gain a whole lot um he gets one extra fury on his attacks. so mm. um you really don't need to get skitter shank inspired for him to be scary um which yep. is nice that he's just there to sort of do work for you right from the get-go yeah um and i guess since i mentioned inspiring it is uh pretty much universal that they are checking to see if a enemy leader is out of action or has four or more wound counters for inspiring Mm -hmm. um the other state that's checked is for the non-assassins and they only need to make an attack action that targets a leader to inspire so there's sort of this push and pull of like if you want to get your assassins inspired you need to kill a leader and for the other guys you just have to make the attacks so if you like go too hard i guess <laughs> you could actually block yourself from inspiring but i think that's that's sort of a oh no i yeah. i can't inspire my dangle bros because i already killed your leader <laughs>
0: well yeah i mean i think even they um uh, the skulk and crouched are uh they will inspire if one or more enemy leaders is out of action so
1: uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. never mind. You're right. They all they'll all check for the out of action. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a little harder, I guess, for the assassins to inspire. And then it's it's you have that secondary condition. So, yeah. But they get less out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I think we'll see about that when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the, the secondary assassin is Snipe Padpaw uh he's he's the smoke bomb guy that we were talking about before he's got the crazy uh crazy um, sculpt for him drop smoke bombs just walk away yeah yeah pretty nuts um so he's also five move two dodge but he's only three wounds so he's slightly easier to hurt he's also range one three fury for two damage no grievous Mm. uh he also has the marked for death rule so he's very very similar to slink um but he can't jump up to three damage right from the start um and he has the smoke bombs reaction as well as marked for death so his smoke bombs reaction is that uh after this fighter's activation uh, if you use the reaction you can stagger each enemy fighter adjacent to this fighter um it's not a huge deal but they sort of have this secondary sub theme of stagger so it's it's important for those cards if you're playing in rivals and getting an extra reroll on a fighter um can actually matter quite a bit yeah, so totally um especially know, if, if
0: you're going all in on killing a leader here like i mean get yeah. in maybe get some damage and stagger the leader
1: for the killing bloke to follow yeah yeah so you i mean there's a lot of this sort of setup situations in this warband it feels like where it's like you're not probably doing a whole lot in like one-shotting f- people but you have a lot of tricks for trying to make sure that when you do bring in slink he's probably getting that kill for you. Yeah. Um, and then Inspired Padpaw picks up um, Grievous and Cleave on his attack, which is actually quite nice. Um, yep. I think I'd actually prefer Cleave over plus one dice in that situation. So, sure. Um, obviously, against some warbands, it won't help much. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's still pretty nice. So, so those are the two sort of uh, main guys that'll do work for you then you've got your three lesser dudes although creep kin whisper is also pretty solid he's also five move two dodge three wounds um but he has a ranged attack his ranged attack is three range two smash for one damage and it has a new ability on it called barbs um don't know if this will just be unique to him or if we'll see that again but Barb says as a reaction after this attack action, if it succeeded, give the target a net counter. After a fighter with one or more net counters makes a move action, you deal one damage to that fighter and remove their net counters. Um, And then at the end of the round, you would clear all net counters if they chose not to move. So I think having a ranged attack here is pretty significant because it allows him to start throwing the net onto an enemy leader from a distance. Sure. Um, It means he has a threat range of eight. He can stay way at the back of your board and still be relevant. He can pretty much hit anything on the board that you want. (laughs) Uh, There's very, very few situations where he can't throw this net Um, and at two smash, it's fairly accurate. So you have a decent shot of actually getting it on. Um, And I, I think the idea is that yes, you would do this on an enemy leader sort of to pin them down and be like, hey, you can run away if you want to, but if you do, you're going to take more damage. Um, And then when he does Inspire, his attack also picks up Grievous, so then you have a ranged Grievous, which is always good. Um, And he picks up the marked for death rule, which is I guess okay Um, if you're Inspired before the enemy leader goes out of action. It's a little strange that he picks that up on Inspire, but it's all right <laughs> yeah and then rounding in these guys out we've got crouched and skulk um skulk is the slinger he's got also range three two f- smash for one damage um and then crouched is range one with two fury for two damage which i think is actually pretty nice that he hits for two because if you have any way to give him some accuracy he can actually still do work sure and they do both inspire to have two dodge, uh, which is pretty nice. Um, and then Skulk does pick up stagger and switches over to three fury for his sling. Yeah. Um, sort of a lot of text I'm realizing on, on these, all these fighters <laughs> cards, like they all have some sort of special ability and they all do like three different things. So um, sort of a lot to digest there and try and remember. But that's the fighters. Um, they're doing a lot. Uh, general play styles. Uh, I think that's. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> talked about before with the elves. Um, when you were facing them, what what did it feel like uh, you were you were thinking their general play styles ended up being?
0: Well, with three of yours inspiring just by attacking uh, my leader, um, yeah. I was like I felt like I got to put my leader way at the back. Um, and they're so fast that they, if they want it, they can get it. But if they, if they want to get at her, they are going to have to really expose themselves. So, yeah. uh, I, I think, uh, I think what they did a really good job of this is making them want to kill the leader and making that be relevant. They've got some objectives and some other things that we'll talk about later that like make that really important. Um, and in many war bands, that leader, you know, think about the leader going down in, you know, something like the Cunning crew or, you know, uh, I mean, even even the big boy factions, like uh, in Crushes, you didn't really want to lose Crusher. He's got the, uh, you didn't want to lose Morgok. He's got the, the the good push and all that sort of thing. Like he's your accurate dude. If you lose him, it's a little bit harder. So I, I think, uh, I think they found a way to make, something that they've been working on for five seasons of underworlds of, of like <laughs> yeah you know let's make it relevant to kill the leader uh make it work for a warband on its own like it it didn't feel oppressive it didn't feel like my leader was going to automatically die but it felt um uh, when i eventually put my leader forward and i say eventually i mean almost right away uh <laughs> i felt yeah. like i was i was taking a risk cuz that was my best fighter i was like i can do a lot of work with this fighter but i'm also <laughs> giving uh phil the chance to Uh, to inspire uh, and to, to score some of his stuff. So the big thing for me was uh, how thematic and effective it was for you to be going after a leader.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's definitely the main theme. I think they did execute pretty well there. Um, And like you say, there's, there's sort of this, you know, it felt to me playing it, it was like, there's this push and pull of like, most of what i want and most of my glory and inspiring and stuff does come from trying to get your leader but if i go too crazy and like just dive your leader i'm probably just gonna lose all my rats right so i was like trying to decide like okay is now the time that i go for them like is is now the time like <laughs> uh but but like you mentioned earlier I, I sort of had to show some restraint and be like okay let's let's move let's try and take what I've got and just pick up some kills along the way. So we can kind of build up some upgrades and then once we're ready, go get the kill. Um, Which I felt, it felt very thematic. It was like, there's this sort of razor's edge sort of stalking mentality of like, I'm going to get them eventually if they don't get me first. And you almost got me first. You killed (laughs) three of my five rats before it was looking like it was headed for a blowout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and then I guess the only other thing that I felt like and I realized this as we were playing and I kind of felt a little bit bad about not having realized it sooner was that they really do, at least in their rivals deck, care about stagger um, mm-hmm. and there are tools in the deck to allow for the stagger I, I sure i was looking at the fighter cards being like well one guy's got stagger, so like this seems almost impossible and then teaching
0: well, too you get you got one uh one inspired
1: fighter can stagger with his attack and the smoke right bombs, yeah, yeah i killed yeah. the smoke bomb guy like, was, immediately I, during our game i did not <laughs> remember that inspired he was gonna pick up stagger so i was thinking yeah. oh well <laughs> i've got one <laughs> fighter who can actually stagger yeah and uh so this is this is gonna be rough well it turns out there's actually a lot of ways to make that not be so hard so mm. uh, an interesting thing something that they that we haven't really seen before so i i don't even really know what to think of it yet i think it needs more testing but yeah i like it it's a different way of adding additional accuracy without just being plus one dice sure all right. Well, so that's, that's some fighters. That's some playstyle thoughts from our game. Uh, were there some cards that you liked from the game that we played?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, one card that like, I kind of blew the game wide open for us, um, was, uh, an objective. And I was talking about how, uh, your abilities on your fighter cards and your upgrades and different things like your inspire condition really cared about, uh, killing my leader uh and one of those things was the objective collateral damage uh this is an Mm -hmm. end phase card Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a duel uh and it requires one or more enemy leaders to be out of action and four or more fighters friendly or otherwise to be out of action and importantly it scores three glory right so uh, what this does is it rewards you for like going hell for leather to kill a leader um it feels it has some you know, a little a little taste of like pure carnage or corn cares not from other war bands that are just like, hey, are a bunch of people dead? Cool. Uh this doesn't need that many people to die. It just needs to make sure that the enemy leader is dead. And so uh I'd push my leader forward as as a good range two fighter and done a lot of work, but then um ended up taking a couple hits and going down. Uh the kill itself scored uh, three thanks to a surge in the in the bounty and then i was like whoa that's rough like he's back in it and then we got to the end phase and you're like and i also score collateral damage you're like oh my god <laughs> like, i was so i was really far ahead and now i'm like uh yeah that, now i gotta figure out how to catch up um i what i love about this objective being in this warband is that all of a sudden like you really care about whether your leader lives or dies you know like in retrospect, I would be more conservative with my leader, even though I know she can do a lot of work. I, like I, I can't risk her as early as I did. I can't put her up to that many attacks because they were low percentage attacks, some of the early ones. Um, but uh, yeah. but it doesn't take, you know, like if, if if one of them gets through, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm one one shot away from being killed.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I love the pressure that it puts on that game and how thematic it is for the Warband. Very much so. I I think this is probably my favorite objective that they have, and I think that it's probably always gonna be included. I I have a hard time thinking that you wouldn't take this. Like three glory that you can score in any end phase so long as you can achieve killing the enemy leader. Like right. the the four fighters out of action thing is probably gonna happen. Most Guaranteed games, gonna happen. Because yeah, the leader's already dead, so you just need three more. Yeah, and And guess what? You got some some little two wound nothing fighters. So uh, it feels it feels crazy. I can't even imagine like. And I guess this is something I hadn't realized until after our game and later sort of just looking through the cards, but they kind of feel more like Reavers than I thought. Um, They're very aggressive, very like we're willing to throw rats away, which is actually a very, you know, Skaven thing to do and be like. And it actually even says, I'm actually looking at the card text here right now, And <laughs> collateral damage, that's flavor text. To ensure a target's death, there are few prices Clan Eshin will not pay. And uh, it's just like, yep, that, that actually felt very much like how the game went, where I was like, yeah, it didn't really matter that all the little guys are dead. Um, right. You know, Slink got the job done, and that's all that <laughs> mattered. Sure did, yeah. Uh, so very much enjoy that one. Yeah. Um, In terms of another objective that I actually did really like in the Warband, and I think is also very flavorful, uh, is (laughs) Unsurprising Fate. Uh, (laughs) I, I like this one both in how you score it and just in like some of the cover art and stuff but um (laughs) so so this is a score in an end phase if one or more friendly minions are out of action and i guess uh importantly to know that the the two little dangle bro guys skulk and crouched are both minions so you have one of those guys go down and you can score this in any phase um which i think is nice because it's like they're likely to die kind of at yeah. some point, and so this kind of feels like a guaranteed one one glory end phase. Um, and then the art for it is I, I can't actually tell. You <laughs> only see the back of the rat, so you can't really <laughs> tell which one it is. I would you don't recognize but these this claw pack by their butts. You know? <laughs> no, but I'm gonna guess know. it's crouched because it kind of looks like <laughs> he has a hood. Okay, um, but but he's like tr- in Hrothgorn's trap. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely got bushwhacked, <laughs> which which feels pretty, pretty on point because they have two yeah. wounds. So it's like, yeah. yep, uh, this is probably how they would die to Hrothcorn's, uh war band. Um, but I just I don't know it like it's it, looking at that, looking at um, the collateral damage and then thinking of putting in something like um, the uh, carnage um Pure Carnage? Pure Carnage. It's just yeah. like, oh, okay. Uh there's yeah. there's already yeah, yeah. something brewing there where you've got three right. end phases that just check out of action fighters, which is very similar to how Reavers play. That's yeah. the way I like to play them. So yeah. Um yeah. I I am already excited about that and definitely looking forward to brewing something up. Uh how about a gambit? You got a gambit of theirs that you like?
0: Yeah. Um... There was uh, well it kind of feeds into the uh, objective you just talked about. Um, <laughs> redirected attack as a reaction. Play this card during an attack that targets a friendly assassin after the determined success step of that uh, if that attack succeeds. Choose one friendly minion that is within two hexes of that assassin. That minion is taken out of action. And the combat sequence ends. So this is a thing where like your most important fighters are gonna be those, you know the two, uh, Pad paw and your leader. Um, and as long as a minion is close by, you can, it has, uh, it has a taste of that shared pain, uh, from, Mm -hmm. from the dread pageant. Uh, what's great about this is that you got to wait for them to succeed. And you are often on like two dodge on in, you know, very likely in cover. If you're playing championship, there's a good chance you're on guard because why would not you take shadow keeper? Uh, that that sort of thing so like it can be really hard to hit one of these assassins um yeah and then when you finally do you know it could be like okay i, I came through with enough to kill him you're like yeah but guess what you killed crouched
1: <laughs> Dang,
0: it's so bad yeah uh uh and it's pretty it's pretty loose like crouch just has to be within or you know, one of the minions just has to be within two uh, and again i think it's pretty balanced because if both minions are dead then this is a dead card yep um uh there are ways to modify it. Like if you uh, are bringing something that turns somebody into an assassin, then all of a sudden this is a card that can be used, you know, say if you uh, put, give kin whisper some upgrade. Now all of a sudden kin whisper can protect himself uh, with the presence of other minions, uh, yeah. or with of, of the two minions. So um, it's a card. I don't know that it's going to make it into like championship decks in general, but I love that it's there. And I know that anytime you know, until, until deck building settles out with this warband, anytime that uh, I play against them, I'm going to be worried that I, I'm finally getting a hit through on the boss
1: to take him out. And, and instead I'm just going to kill a schlub with a sling. So, yeah, uh, I mean, the, the Slanesh one gets a lot of play and yep. I, I have to imagine this will probably be similar. Um, sure. Cause they, you know, saving yeah. an important fighter for somebody who's less important is a really big deal. <laughs> crucially it, it uh, ends the attack um sequence so yeah.
0: like if i if it's round two around three and your boss is next to my boss we're adjacent to each other I'm like okay well i'm going to take the first activation and kill you uh not only do i not kill you but i don't get to drive you back because the attack sequence ended and you're adjacent to me and now you're going to get
1: your yeah. back yeah. so, so no uh, there's back.
0: there's a positioning aspect of all real good what sure. uh what gambits sure. do
1: exactly. you would you get your eyes on? Uh, I really like skittering blur. This is this is similar to. Um, what is it? It's something shadows from the. I um, the not but. Uh, or I don't know. <laughs> it's the one that made it so you can't target a specific fighter. In this case, oh, it I says nightmares or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in this case, it's in the next activation. Attack actions cannot target friendly assassins. Oof uh pretty rough um (laughs) since if your fighters are already inspired then that's gonna mean only your dangle bros can even be targeted and if you happen to have some upgrades that turn people into assassins that you're playing with uh you could make it so your whole warband can't be targeted (laughs) and that also feels really nasty um so i really like how this plays out like Again, it's in most cases, it's just going to mean that your opponent has to re- redetermine targets like it's like, OK, I can't go after the guys I wanted to go after, but I could still go after one of these little dangle bros or I'll draw a power card or something instead. Right. Um, but the, having that kind of control to be like, I can see the writing on the wall. I know that you're going to be trying to like power up you can even do like I'm a huge fan of doing with damage reduction cards from the corn war bands where it's like all right you play the thing I play a thing you play a thing I delve a thing do another thing and it's like okay I've buffed this fighter up and then I'm like okay and you can't target my assassins and it's like, yeah uh.
0: yeah <laughs> like oh cool I've got a really accurate high damage attack that's gonna go
1: kick crouch in the nose yeah
0: right? awesome
1: yeah exactly what I wanted to do <laughs> so I am uh pretty happy to see something like that it's sort of a supplemental survival card but it's not just directly a like hey your dim, your attack just doesn't do any damage although they they do have one of those as well so yeah, yeah. uh it's actually kind of feels a little oppressive that they have both but um we'll see uh, and then upgrades, we, we, we're getting down to the, the last few cards here that we're going to talk about today. What what jumped out at you as a cool upgrade that these guys get to use?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, this one is not as exciting, uh, but. Uh, mostly because I'm leaving some of the other stuff um, out there. But uh, I, I did kind of enjoy uh, this. I don't think you even had a chance to put this on, but we just discussed it after the fact. There's uh, Eshin Throwing Stars, and it's just a range three, three fury, one damage attack, but it has stagger. Uh, and what I like is that on uh, speed five fighters, like this onto one of them that doesn't already have ranged attack, really like just makes insane threat range. Um, getting this on, I oh, know I take it back. You did put this I on, did. didn't you? Yeah, I, yeah. You, uh, you, and it actually was crucial because you knocked me out of a cover yeah, hex, which was sure, really important to I me. I sure did. Yeah. Damn. It, it yeah. actually, when I played it, it felt like a really
1: big deal that I got. Yeah. It. Yeah.
0: I, it might've been game defining because you were able to, you were down to one fighter. I had two, I uh, and I had, uh, I had a fighter with a range attack. So I was going to be able to keep plinking at you. And then you put this on, knock me out of range. And then I had to decide, uh, what my next play would be because not only did you knock me out of cover which is a defensive thing but you staggered me um and so my play and the next one was to go on guard to try and increase my defense get rid of the stagger but it meant I didn't do anything offensively and you were able to close it out by committing to the attack on the next one yeah uh, I think just increasing range and then like stagger when it's coming from ranged is that a little bit more powerful so yeah um yeah
1: pretty boss um, what about you uh so I've I'm going to do two because I think they're both really cool, (laughs) but one of them is like good and one of them is just, Hey, that's a neat thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, so we'll start, we'll start with neat. Uh, so this is ricocheting Triskel or Triskella. Uh, so this is also a, um, throwing star one. This has to go on creep kin whisper. So already probably quite a bit weaker than what you would expect. Um, so this is a reaction upgrade after he makes his attack. So not just any attack. It has to be the attack on his fighter card. So one damage. Um, if he succeeds, though, you get to choose one other enemy fighter within two hexes of the target and deal one damage to that chosen fighter. Uh, we talked a bit about this one after the game, and I it's very restrictive, but I feel like it could get really nasty because it's repeatable ping damage. Um, as long as fighters are somewhat close to each other, which I feel like anymore nowadays happens a lot. Um, and the nice thing is that you could have situations where it's like, okay, the target I want to hit the leader, whatever is buffed up, bunch of extra wounds, bunch of defense upgrades they are on guard in cover. Like it's just super hard to hit them. But then there's this little, you know, dangle bro over here. So I'll throw Mm -hmm. this one damage thing at them and then bounce on. you know, undodgeable, unblockable damage over onto the leader and just ping away at them. Yeah. Um, uh, make it a, make
0: it a Bahanar who's all stacked up or, a yeah. Um, Glissette who's, who's got all the defense in the world. And like, I don't care. I'm going to go hit, you know, Slake slash who is just on one shield. I'll do a little bit of damage and ping over to you. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's, I think it's like situationally awesome, uh, and whether that's enough to actually take it or not, but it's, yeah. a, it's a fun design
1: and it, and it's super thematic, right? Cause he's got him. in on his model, he's got this like crazy, like poison dipped throwing star and it's like, okay, yeah. cool. We need <laughs> to actually see him do something cool. If you bring this card now, like yeah. I said, it, it restricted to one fighter. So probably don't actually see it that much, but, uh, it, it feels fun and it's something I want to try. Um, And then in one that I just actually really liked and I think is probably going to be really gross. So this is called Prehensile Tail. Mm. Uh, So this is an upgrade you can put on anybody and you can reroll up to two attack dice if the attack roll for this fighter's attack actions if this fighter has one or more attack action upgrades. But it importantly does not say that you need to be making the attack from the attack action upgrade. They just have to have an attack action upgrade. Uh, so, you know, you could get this from an illusion. You could get this from like slapping a ranged attack onto somebody. And then later on, they just come in with their melee attack with a bunch of rerolls, um, like two rerolls. is is a really That's big a lot. deal. Like that's enough Uh, to
0: incentivize the combo play. Like any combo cards are always a little iffy, but, uh, but you got it and, and you, it was helping you trigger Grievous, which was a really big deal.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you put this on slink when he's inspired and, or even before he's inspired, if you put this on slink and he attacks a leader and he's got the, the upgrade, he can reroll all his dice. Yeah. And he's got Grievous. So you're like, yeah, I want to fish for as many crits <laughs> as I possibly can. So yeah, um, reroll all dice is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. I was just very surprised that it was like, hey, reroll two dice on top of already having rerolls. This is going to be crazy. And it was. I feel like a lot of the time when I needed to get Grievous, uh, the reason I was able to pick it up is because I had all these rerolls.
0: I mean, I think it was game deciding. It was the yeah. when when he got the, the kill he needed um, at the end against uh my, Yeah, uh, I think I uh, re-rolled into double blood. Yeah, you, you rolled your, you had a lot of dice, but you rolled, you had only had one success. And I was like, okay, I got out of there. And like, oh, I do have two re-rolls. I was like, okay, it's fine. Double crit. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Never mind. Uh, uh,
1: well, I guess I'll just take my toys and go home. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and that, you know, that was the. That was the, uh, the kill shot for the, for the game. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Again, you know, any, anything combo related, uh, you're going to look twice at, to see whether it really makes the cut, but, um, but cool. Yeah. Very fun. And it's fun to think about, like, let me look at what attack action upgrades are out there. That would really benefit from having like a two dice re roll, right? Like yeah. They they probably exist out there. Like, oh this would be really cool, it's just not very accurate. Oh, do I get two re rolls? Sounds sweet.
1: Yeah. So or, yeah. or you know, I mean, we so the Phantom Darts is already three dice oh, with right. Grievous. But if you're targeting somebody who's in cover, you get plus one dice. And it's like sure. okay. Ooh. So four Ooh, dice okay. with two okay. rerolls with Grievous, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> feels pretty gross at range yeah um so yeah you're probably getting that crit yeah Yeah. um so i don't know there's a lot of stuff you could probably do with that and i'm sure yeah it'll be scary i there's actually something that we had sort of chatted about with some of our local folks about in our discord um sort of some speculation about like what is it gonna you know what are these guys gonna be like once we knew that their deal was being assassins and there's So I'm like, well, they're probably, you know, it's probably going to be like either. Super, super like horrible to play against because they're just going to blow your leader up every single game or it'll be like completely nothing. And I was thinking like, no, actually, I think it's going to be both at all times. (laughs) Like you're you're going to be threatening your that you're going to blow up their leader at all times. And so your opponent's always probably going to be on edge. But the actuality is that it probably will not happen in like even half of your games and it'll be this sort of like either you blow somebody out or you get blown out kind of situation
0: right
1: um yeah and i don't know necessarily if that came through because we didn't know the warbands very well but it certainly felt like i had you (laughs) thinking about stuff a lot
0: yeah i it, it was uh it was a fun I, I feel like I thought about it more after the fact than than during. Like I think mm-hmm. I underestimated what a big deal um, the kill would be. Like I said, I think you you scored a when you eventually killed my leader. It was with your minion, but your boss was supporting, so you got a
1: yeah, got the you got other the one.
0: kill and a uh, two glory surge, and then it, it triggered that uh, uh, collateral damage, and so it was effectively like a six glory kill, which is like oh man, like blew yeah, the it was game a wide open, really big deal. Yeah. And so then in game two, man, I would be just like, (laughs) like horrified, uh, with my leader in a way that I, I probably should have been in the, in that game. So uh, it was cool. Um, very fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. I had a blast. Uh, And I think I remember saying, uh, in this, I I don't know, we ended on something like, uh, 12, eight for the, for the claw pack, something in that range. Yeah, Yeah, Um, and, uh, but it was, it was, pretty close like in, until part of the way like maybe halfway through round three i think you you made the right choice and uh you know put put a little risk on the line and then and then uh lock the win in for yourself but uh i felt like both Warman's man's really thematic i mean, we already said this i felt like the the setting was thematic uh i felt like they did uh as good a job as they've ever done with these rivals decks you know i didn't yeah. have I didn't have like a ton of cards it was i remember when you and i played beast grave kind of fresh out of the box uh i i was playing the uh grass racks and i I kept drawing cards is like well this guy's already dead or this guy is like uh this is a really bad uh fighter specific upgrade for a guy you know like that's probably gonna die anyway or is already dead uh this this felt like the cards i was drawing is like okay like I, i i might not include this in championship but this this has play right now um it felt really good. It felt really good. I think they did a great job with this. I was really happy, really excited about it. Uh, I came into this super hyped, and was not disappointed.
1: Yeah, not at all. I and and like despite the fact that these warbands certainly have more things going on with them than a lot of the other starter band, uh, starter box warbands, it yeah. it you know it felt fairly approachable, um, and I think even if you were fairly new to the game, it wouldn't be too hard to pick up on the basics of what to do with these guys. And a lot of their cards sort of just push you in the direction of like, this is what this deck is going to be doing. So like, just trust the cards. Like I, like I said before, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to have enough stuff to score this stagger objective. Well,
0: yeah.
1: Turned out I was wrong. The deck actually was (laughs) built to be able to score that stuff. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Like if you don't know, like, and the only reason I was thinking that is because I like have this preconceived notion of how they generally construct things in the past seasons. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you probably have to rely on this one fighter. Well, actually, no, that's not the case. And they made it so that the deck plays correctly. And like all the cover hex stuff certainly seems like it would just flow naturally for the elves. Um, And I, I think if that is the direction we are heading, for rivals i think that's going to be a really good thing for new players
0: yeah yeah uh i mean you could sit two new players down with this and be like hey scaven player try to kill his leader hey elf player try to get in the cover and like that's the coaching they need to like have to like unlock a lot of their cards mm-hmm. and there's a lot more nuance to that like the deeper you get but like you could give that, you know, one sentence pep talk and they'd have a sense of like, okay, like now I kind of know what I want to do and it's going to unlock a lot of the things that they have. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I think we're pretty, we're pretty hot on it. There is no way we have time for no, universals, no, no, no. So we're going to, we're going <laughs> to leave that down the
1: line. Um, do you have anything else before we start wrapping up here? I think just, and I mean, it was probably evident from how we're talking about it, but I highly recommend this box for anybody, but, definitely for new players um yeah if you're coming into the game like and you're unsure of where you want to start this is a great place to start like yeah. I, I think the core boxes have always been a good value um but the warbands are not always spectacular uh straight out of the box uh, i feel like sometimes they go vanilla with the core boxes which makes sense mm-hmm. but then it's like oh you know we get another stormcast warband that doesn't know necessarily do a lot um and i think maybe that can be a little off-putting for people when they're starting out and i feel like these are two very dynamic war bands that will probably get people pretty interested in the game um so long as they probably have somebody there to help them a little bit because like yeah. i said a little bit more complicated so yeah highly recommended
0: yeah uh we get one review copy and it's your turn to have it so uh we were doing this i had to write down notes for the cards that i was excited <laughs> about uh i am i am like one minute after warhammer store opens i am pre-ordering this because yeah. i'm i'm that stoked for it um so looking forward to it um if you want to share how excited you are about this box uh you can get in touch with us at WTHcast or what the x at gmail.com as a reminder uh uh, if you are close enough to make it reasonable, come come play with us May first. Um, look it up. We'd we'd love to see you. We'd love to shake your hand. Uh, I, I've already extended some of the out of towners. You We're know, gonna try and uh, get together for some food and, uh, and a drink afterwards if uh, if they've got the time. Uh, we'd really like you to be a part of our uh, community. We're real proud of uh, the positive things we got going here. Um, if you are into more than just Warhammer Underworlds, you go check out themortalrealms.com. Uh, you can, t- uh, you can take a look at our content. We talk about the, uh, background of Age of Sigmar on the story phase. We talk about Path to Glory. We talk about, uh, uh, dogs of Warcry. We talk about, yeah, Warcry, um, all, all those different podcasts and, and content. There plenty of stuff for you. Um, and thanks to the Mortal Realms Network for having us on there um, for helping us out all the patrons who contribute to the mortal realms, you're kind of contributing to, uh, the network as a whole. Uh, it's awesome to be part of that. You can, uh, come be part of our community on the discord. Uh, we don't really have much that's closed behind, uh, patron stuff. So if you, if you just want to come hang out and not be a patron, we'd love to have you too. Uh, coming up, we're just going to keep knocking down more of this content. We got the exile dead. We got universals galore, got all kinds of stuff to hit. Yeah. Um, we, we're already running along, but I promised last uh, episode that I would uh, bust out the flavor text quiz. So, Phil, I'm oh going to give you some flavor text. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you tell me what card this is. We're gonna, I'm going to give you the answer uh, basically right away. But listener, uh, see if you can figure, see if you can uh, uh, be better than Phil on this. So, uh, this is a card, Mork's warty backside. Would you look at all this loot, lads? A quote attributed to Zarbag. Uh, do you know what card that is? Uh-huh.
1: Is that their like hold all objectives card? I can't. I can't remember the no, name. No, it's available in essentials. If that helps, oh, it's available in Sen- Oh, it's great gains. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that the essentials gave it away. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knowing that it wasn't actually from Zarbag's kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if
0: uh, we're we're gonna try that for a little while, people look, <laughs> let me know if you if you like that a little bit. No, recommended listening. Uh, we're going from a by Ghostface Killer featuring Raekwon, the RZA, and Inspect the Deck of the uh, Wu-Tang Clan. And this is uh, Assassination Day, appropriate for Nether Maze. So yeah. uh, we're going to catch you soon. Uh, we may be back as fast as one week, or are going to do uh, what we can. So uh, for What The Hex, I've been Davey. And I've been Phil. this tangle of chords from on my keyboard i don't think i'm planning on typing much but this is a little out of hand yeah let's see yeah it's tough to build decks for anything but the new stuff like
1: oh yeah i i i'm at the point where i'm like i don't care i don't i'm just gonna (laughs) grab something probably just bring whatever i've got thrown together already and just because i i just want to play with the new guys so (laughs)
0: The, the kids are upstairs doing some, some kind of cheering thing. I don't know what is happening. I'm just yeah. uh, they're, it, it's happy sounds, not angry sounds. So we'll, we'll not intervene at this time.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> God. I, can you hear them at all? No, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs>
1: <It's>,
0: <laughs> uh, whatever it is, is kind of insane. All right. Um,